Hi, I'm Kristen. I'm a social self-prez 911963. Hi, I'm Kaisa. I'm a sexual social 918 with the 3 and 5 fixes. Hi, I'm Sammy. I'm a self-prez social 911 with 514 and 413 fixes. So I I think I first wanted to ask what if you guys read her dream and what your thoughts are on it or what your feeling is and if you haven't that's fine because we'll have her summarize it or read it whatever I read it um I mean yeah I don't like have a ton of experience like with social blind dreams just cuz it's like a rare um like instinct stacking to have but um the social blind elements i thought were really strong like i remember just like the virtual reality aspect and like that one part of the dream where like the sky looked fake and just all of the social elements like just had like an artificial quality it was just it came out really strongly and the four wing five fix too um i could see as well just kind of like the the saying no right away at the beginning um with like the offering from the mother so i just saw that the type structure very clearly oh um, that's right real quick to to introduce listeners oh yeah <laughs> wait yeah <laughs> practicing our social is that maggie is the infamous roommate that i constantly refer to she is self-presexual seven wing six Nine wing eight, four wing five. So big sloppy mess. A big sloppy mess. (laughs) A clown ass seven. (laughs) That's what we like to call her. (laughs) So, okay. All right, go on. Sorry, I didn't mean to (laughs) interrupt. No, no, that's that's kind of all I wanted to start out with because, like, we'll get into like the details later. But it just, yeah, I thought it was fascinating because of how clearly I could see like the elements of her type like stacking aside but just like the fixes especially the four fix Mm -hmm. um it was an interesting contrast with like my own four fix too Mm -hmm. so okay yeah yeah i i read it too and there were so many layers of just um kind of wanting to disappear from the world because the world somehow seemed very rotten literally yeah literally quite literally and uh that kind of um i could get the visceral sense of that feeling from her dream Mm -hmm. so like there's i think there's also a deep like grief and sadness or how that's how i react to that dream that's how i reacted too yeah. All right. My cat joined us. Sorry. <laughs> well, Maggie, do you want to either read or describe? You can do it however you'd like, and you can omit parts that you want to omit. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, I'll try to just kind of like skim it, what I had written. That um, this was 
was a while ago now. This was like a couple weeks ago. It was like a month ago. It was it was actually to give context. You were mm-hmm. listening to our social podcasts. It was like maybe after the first or second one, and it kind of maybe sparked it. Yeah. Yeah. Just what we were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Listening to those. Um so I can I could kind of just you know skim go over it. Um and then I don't know if you want me to wait to like do any kind of like associations with it or or if you want me to um I can just I'll skim it. Yeah. Um so it started pretty nice. It was just at a family like party wedding thing. Uh it was in a, a cavern sort of a situation. Um almost like stadium seating with, uh, you know, sort of seats going up and in the back was uh, my mom's side of the family was back there and um, was back there. I was drinking, was not supposed to be drinking back there. It was a bad situation. Um, And I noticed just even initially in the dream at the beginning, just being very kind of purposely removed from everyone else, not really um engaging kind of on purpose just refusing to kind of uh, like initiate with people um and eventually back there my mom sat down on one of these benches stone benches in the back um and she just put this brown kind of paper gift bag down and she had asked so i heard you have some new hobbies and um or i heard you have some new hobbies lately and it was basically her way without directly saying it of her way of saying like oh this is why you haven't been keeping in touch it's because you know just making an assumption about you know what i was up to what i was doing and just then just having a very strong feeling of just shame because i've been you know drinking at this family event um when i don't think anyone else was and the fact that I did not have new hobbies, I was just doing nothing really at all. Um, and that she also like the gift was some kind of um, way of her trying to get me to go to this video game festival that was in Detroit um, that my sister's husband, Ben, was going to be in. Um And just knowing that she was putting all of these things out there, like, oh, are you doing this? Oh, are you doing that? And then feeling this shame about it, just completely refusing to even possibly engage with that and just saying no. My answer to her was just, before I even opened the gift, was just no, not going there with you, not doing it. And then she had this huge shift in mood. And as she shifted in mood, the uh environment of the whole dream shifted at the same time that it was kind of blue and and like you mentioned that in a lot of my dreams the sky is a lot of the times artificial um or it's somehow inside like even other dreams i've had this it's almost like a dome situation where there isn't a real um access to the the sky above um but she uh, 
got very angry. It was kind of like I she could sense I was just rejecting her gift object. Um and to even really engage with her in a real way. Um, the whole scene kind of just turned red, got dark. Um and ceiling kind of dropped lower. And then Kristen was there, and Kristen's in a pretty decent amount of my dreams. I think a lot of the time she kind of has a role as social instinct that I've had a lot of dreams where she just kind of brings people in. Like I'll be doing my own thing, and then she'll just bring people into the situation, and I don't understand why. And I kind of have to try to move away from that but um which doesn't really happen in real life i gotta no, always bring people no, you don't <laughs> except you don't. for right now you don't <laughs> no no um but anyway so she was there and hadn't been you know drinking at all and she tried to get me to leave um but instead of leaving i'm like yeah i'll just go explore the rest of this cave like completely shutting down that emotional reaction and ignoring how the situation was getting worse. Um, and the rest of the cave then, that went and started exploring in search of other places to pick up drinks or something, was um, this really disgusting, sort of sleazy uh, resort. Like, um, built into this cave and the entire sense of the whole place was a place where a bunch of like parties had already happened, you know, things that had already gone down. And there was just these kind of random bands of people that would maybe pass through. I didn't notice anything about any of them. It was just kind of me doing my own thing in this place. Um, it was kind of like tropical themed, even though it was in this, you know, cave. Um, just old jacuzzis and slimy beach chairs uh palm trees that look very old and dead and disgusting um and i just kept you know drinking looking like a an asshole um and eventually i think kristen got agitated and bored enough she started drinking too um Eventually then, too, in this cave, I found a tunnel that when you entered this tunnel, you know, it just went into blackness. Uh, it was you immediately entered a, a virtual reality kind of uh, layout like you were immediately in the game. Um, and it was the first person where you were, you know, fighting or being chased. I don't remember the first couple of times in this game, um, but there was then party people from just these other random horrible parties going on around that would like come in and try to remove me from the game because something was happening with Kristen. Um, there was one girl, it was a specific girl. She was completely not someone I know in real life besides that she kind of just seemed like, like a trailer trash kind of girl um, wearing like very, like if you remember the clothes they wore on Jersey Shore, like I never watched that show, but everybody at our school thought they were on that show. And it it just kind of looked like that. It was just garbage. Um, but the first time I got pulled out, Kristen was puking into a washing machine while her one friend uh, kind of held her hair back. This friend had like a fear of vomit. So she just didn't want to handle it anymore. I went over there. 
um, to take care of the situation. Um, try to help Kristen out at some point. I think she just kind of wandered off again. And instead of, you know, going and saying, hey, why don't we leave now? Like, why don't we, why don't we head out of here? I thought, no, I'll just go back to my game. So I went back to the game. Um, next time Kristen, or the next time the girl came and pulled me out, Kristen was like screaming and crying, really fucked up. Uh, she went to this one person she knew in school, his, his wedding, and just had hugged the person at his wedding and thought that this was just inappropriate and she had she had crossed you know some kind of a line and just thought she was this you know terrible person for doing this thing um so i tried to comfort her I found like this spot up on the old nasty you know beach chairs up there I said come over here and sit down um she didn't she just never showed up so then i went back into the tunnel again and the last time that I'm in the tunnel, I was this old man who I had this this nemesis, like this very old kind of professor character I uh, was playing as. And he had some kind of nemesis that um, had, you know, first a gun and he had three shots where he could shoot you. And he shot me three times. And because I didn't know how to control this game at all, um, I just had no chance of escaping then kind of the ending where he slashed me in half but like he had a big machete and he basically just slashed me in half um and it was at that exact second that that happens you know the white trash girl came in came pulled me out and you know said like you thought Kristen was out just drinking and doing whatever and and sounded really urgent and I go out and there's just all these random people just, you know, throwing up all over the place. There's blood all over the place. And I look and I see Kristen and it turns out that somehow she got her arm slashed off. Basically, she was cut just at like below the rib cage, just a torso. Someone had pulled her heart out of her chest. It was like hanging there and her one eye was just hanging out of her face. And she basically is just shaking and saying, like, am I going to die? Am I going to die? Am I going to die? And I just had that feeling of like, oh, fuck, like, there's nothing I can do to fix this. Like, this is just it's done. So all I could really do is is just try to be like, I'm so sorry I didn't, you know, protect you or do anything or try to fix the situation, leave when we should have left at the very beginning or whatever. And um that's basically that she just, as she was dying, I woke up and that was, that was a dream. Hopefully that delivery made sense. I yes, no the delivery okay. made sense. It did. Okay. Mm -hmm. Wow. There's a lot to unpack. <laughs> a lot to unpack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's good. It has, it's so good. Like that's like a really mm -hmm. good dream because there are so many social associations in there, mm -hmm. you know? It's a lot to pick out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I just think like the, the visuals of it for me, when I'm like placed in it, as you're speaking, is just like, like what Kaisa was saying is just rot and decay 
and things just consistently getting worse and worse and messier yeah and messier like it's just like it felt like a hotel room like someone hadn't cleaned <laughs> it after like 50 stays in some kind of you know like Atlantic City or something like that <laughs> just gross where you would you know you feel like you would step into the shower and just feel like slime and hair on the walls or something like it was grody grody that's a word I haven't it's heard in a while grody. um so do you want to say any associations that would make the most sense for it like I know um you associated me with social mm-hmm. um was there anything else that you wanted to mention about it um you don't have to go through like the entire well I have a shocker one of my associations uh <laughs> I don't like weddings <laughs> so already were part like, those kinds of parties um never really been a fan like all of those kinds of situations generally I have just a little tiny while that I can feel you know okay energetically trying to engage in them um but the mode I'm in at the beginning of the dream where I'm just kind of like shut off and away from people is is pretty much the mode that I go into if I'm in any of those kind of situations for too long like I just I run out of words I run out of the ability to just hold that whatever position I'm supposed to be in those mm-hmm. places um yeah it said like resorts a lot of the times to me resorts are kind of cheap and tacky to me um and a lot of the times too I've never I don't think I've ever really stayed at a resort but I think to me a lot of times too they represent like a little mini world where everything is taken care of that you don't have to venture outside of Mm. so I know like people will go to resorts um you know on islands or whatever and it's like you just get all of your needs taken care of at this one place you don't have to go anywhere um caves i mean this is we live in a cave <laughs> um uh see anything else i don't with video games because that was such a weirdly prominent thing like i don't really game very much at all um especially virtual reality yeah no my nephew has some that he brings over sometimes but yeah that's that's about it um for that I mean the game does a kid played like Zelda and stuff like that but um so that to me what it's not like a very Mm day-to-day hobby or something that I have um and it does to me just kind of represent just similar resorts like a kind of um separation from your immediate environment that you're in um I already kind of said about that random girl that she was like some Jersey Shore girl Mm -hmm. um the old man at the end and who kind of are you know in the the game in the dream is actually he's a very kind of Saturnian uh old man time kind of figure um and he's been in other dreams that I've had the dream I'd had 
with him before, like not before that dream, but in the past prior, then there was a couple, you know, weeks or whatever until I had this dream that um, he usually is like trying to attack me in some way. Like he had one where he had some kind of weapon that was a hook that he would hook and then, you know, dig it into you and like pull out your insides in a certain way. Um, so in the past, it's always been like he's the one doing the harm. So then for in this dream, for him to be the one getting, you know, shot and then cut in pieces was mm. different. Um, I don't know if there's anything else, any other associations that are really mm -hmm. that important. Um, um, <laughs> um, I think like... First off, you just even describing those environments are just like a way to explain what social blind is kind of doing. Right. Um, which is it's almost like you're projecting onto those environments because you're doing something similar by keeping yourself away and separate from everything else. Right. Um, well, and that was too something, you know, I was thinking about um today and a little bit yesterday trying to see if any thoughts really came up preparing for this um that I because I hadn't really looked at the dream since you know I wrote it down however long ago that was mm -hmm. um that I don't know if it's seven or if it has to do with social blind or what it is um but that I feel like a decent amount of dreams that, you know, dreams are always trying to present you with new information, like new material that you might not already be aware of that. Um, so, you know, if this dream were to be saying, you know, you're, you're cutting off social, you're destroying and by ignoring these things until there's nothing left and it's something you can't repair. It's just broken beyond repair kind of a thing that I have very strong feeling tones in dreams that I think with type structure um, that then it gets symbolized in this dream, kind of that the dream forces me to feel a lot of the actual grief and pain and uh, how much these things do hurt or could hurt. Um, that kind of my just normal day-to-day -day functioning just refuses to acknowledge, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Just that, like, you know, with the actual pain of, like, having those social scenarios, connections, whatever it might be, just deadened in that way from neglect, um, actually experiencing in the dream, like, the pain of that through, you know, my friend being slaughtered, basically, um, like kind of forces that to be mm -hmm. uh, dealt with. Mm -hmm. It's almost like that rude awakening, like right. people call that rude awakening kind right. of thing. Right. Um, and I think too, like I've said this, I don't know if I've ever said it on this podcast, but just with a lot of people's dreams, um, I know I've said the the feeling in it is just so important that 
like it's trying to connect you with some kind of feeling and sometimes it will have to like image things in a specific way that would provoke the kind of feeling it does want from you um so like for yours it can I think even just the the initial setup of saying no to your mom mm-hmm. is like seven <laughs> it's just the frustration the no the initial no of just like and now we you know it it totally tumbles into this scenario of like the consequence of of doing that in a in a way mm-hmm. and I also wanted to say with your association with the video games and you not really playing them, um, I think we've always talked about video games just around here in conversation and my nephews play video games that it's it's instant mental gratification. Like it's mental stimulation. It's right there, like fulfilling you. So in a way too, like the consequence of always being in the headspace um, and how just kind of at the end that dream Kristen is only like a a dismembered body with no heart and only partial vision. It's like showing how spending time in this space of like mental stimulation, saying no, all the seven and social blind stuff is like totally getting rid of all of these other important factors Mm -hmm. of yourself as well yeah yeah that's just something I thought of when you were talking about that Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. now that she's read the dream do you guys want to mention anything I don't know if you have it in front of you or not um I I have it um Mm -hmm. me too there's a few things that come to mind like well at first, when your mom wanted to engage you in a real way, but she didn't engage in real way either. She was seeing something else and meaning something else. And the whole thing about like the sky being artificial, because like air and sky is very social. So I said, okay, that too is fake. So it's just like, I don't get what's the meaning of this, but it's fake and it's artificial and it's ro- it's not real and it doesn't have any value or like that's the kind of uh, complex there is somewhere in the psyche that is like um, operating from this pattern of not not engaging authentically. Mm. I didn't see that before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then I also saw here, uh, because there has been this thing that like, in especially in the social dreams, I noticed the like polarities within the instinct. And I hear that Maggie, you have been also saying that there exist like polarities in each instinct. And... They kind of show up in in the masculine and feminine um, figures that show up. And uh, I noticed there was like a general storyline of um, 
like there's something to do with the video game fest where some kind of masculine figure was there but you were not present and also you were not receiving gifts so like there's a disconnect between uh the masculine and feminine polarities and uh just the disconnect in both of those energies like uh there is wounding with like receiving and uh being present and i was thinking if the video game would somehow be related to like compartmentalization how do you compartment <laughs> compartmentalizing so like because this uh masculine figure is of often tied to a video game mm-hmm. so that could speak to like a compartmentalization or that it's not in touch with the real world when the masculine energy is something that makes a form in a in this kind of tangible way and then the referee like okay she was not the referee but like <laughs> she had this kind of black white whatever's and a mohawk and and how she was like assertive and stuff and uh at least i got the impression that she would kind of have embodied both of these feminine and masculine traits and then there was the wedding where there was this kind of union of uh feminine and masculine happening there was people it was again uh, a union of feminine and masculine in some kind of social event and you didn't want to go christian went there and then the masculine energy was in in the virtual reality getting killed and christian was left without like christian representing like also a feminine figure and also like the social mm-hmm. so that's what i was thinking about and that that kind of resembles the storyline that was with uh me and sammy's like social dreams that there's uh some kind of reluctancy to be engaged with both feminine and masculine energies with the social realm and someone is keeping us like hey you should like attend to this and we are like no <laughs> <laughs> and um i'm i'm seeing i'm seeing that theme in the stream too mm-hmm. that's really interesting that kind of uh like correlation with a referee i didn't i didn't really think of that <laughs> that uh like with that with that one girl um and like you said her kind of having an assertive energy as well as you know she was very kind of caretaker energy at the same time like having those two polarities that was mm. white trash girl mm-hmm. wow the real hero of this dream <laughs> was, yeah, was yeah. the white trash girl <laughs> yeah. well no and that's the one that kind of had in the dream was she was the one who was actually taking care of stuff yeah and keeping um, track of mm-hmm that combination of care and sort of asserting kind of together in that way um even though she didn't know you she didn't know me she had no reason to care that's oh that's a that's a good point too mm-hmm. because that uh-huh. with like generalizing social as well is just right. like nobody cares or assuming something. people are just bad yes just kind of you know yeah out there. Mm-hmm. 
out to get you. Mm -hmm. Mm. But that kind of energy is still there in your psyche, taking care of you, wanting to make itself known. (laughs) Being white trash. White trash. (laughs) (laughs) Wanting to help. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) This is an excellent, um, uh, what is it? I'm trying to think of the word example sorry (laughs) an excellent example of shadow material of just like yeah she was a piece of shit white trash girl but she ends up being like the the real hero the real hero that (laughs) never judge a book by its cover (laughs) Mm -hmm. or even too like just she embodies kind of like the nuance of social Mm. like we talk about that a lot of just how your blind spot is so like literally black and white like it's just either good or bad or you know and it's it's so situational as well that with social blind it's hard to like step outside like looking objectively and looking at the nuance of the situation so i think like there are certain aspects of the dream that are showing that nuance but it's very you know small but it's there it's just small mm-hmm. mm it's like an invitation to explore that kind of energy in the social realm. Mm-hmm. Explore your inner white trash. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have to come up with something. <laughs> the other thing too, Kaiza, that you said that um, I forget if I put it in interpretations on there or not, um, but that was a big association and maybe ties together what you're saying with that girl. And the whole theme of receiving, that that is like a huge uh, issue, wound, whatever, um, that shows up in a lot of dreams and a lot of stuff that I work on. Um, That with, you know, my mother at the beginning, we've kind of unofficially typed her. I don't know if her Mm -hmm. type really matters in this case. It's just mother stuff. (laughs) Anyway, no matter what her type is. um, That for her... Um, I think she's a three, um, that she's very transactional, um, and the way that she kind of shifts in the dream in that way at the beginning is, was a very common dynamic where it was just like, what I'm giving you is, um, I don't know even the right way to really put that. I think she over identifies with what she is giving you. Like, this is my love, essentially. Right. But yeah, it's different than like in a two-ish whatever kind of way. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just And then she expects you to like, oh, you gave me your love. Oh my right. God, this is the biggest thing for me ever. Right. <laughs> right. And then then, you know, being four fixed that it's not what I wanted at all. It's not correct at all. It's not Mm-hmm. I like are you even interacting with me like it always was the feeling that she wasn't interacting with me and I wasn't interacting with her um because she was putting up some kind of facade she wasn't even in my you know view talking to me seeing me um that it was all very especially sp kind of transactional here's this here's that here's this here's that and then yeah when you would say no don't Mm. don't want that not interested she would just flip and it was um just 
you were mm -hmm. enemy number one yeah. kind of a thing that I've been trying to see more, you know, as much as I think anyone hates kind of looking at ways you're like your parents. I've been trying to see mm -hmm. in my own life um, that I'm, I can be just as transactional with things as she is. Um, and how part of that is that focus on assertive giving of something and completely feeling unable to genuinely receive what other people have to give. Mm -hmm. The other thing about the beginning of that dream too, that I only just thought of now, how she was saying one thing, but meaning another, like that's really big in your family too. Right, right, right. And it drove you insane because mm -hmm. of you first being hexad mm -hmm. and a family of attachment types <laughs> and being social blind that it was like they would, and I felt it too, that it was like this, un, there's an underlying narrative going on. Like they're showing you one thing, but the the narrative is something different underneath. Like they're mm. something different mm -hmm. with what they do. Because so, they don't want to locate themselves, but right. they still kind of try to connect. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think like just even that beginning section showing like how much your family dynamic has impacted how you look at social too. Mm -hmm. Because you say a lot of that with social of just like, there's times where you check in with me, like, is that, did that person really mean what they said mm -hmm. or did they mean something different? Like, <laughs> yeah. and you know, I can be attuned to these things, but you can't as much. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it, it's a, it's hard. Like how we mentioned with social can be really messy depending on your family dynamic. Like there's an example of a family dynamic impacting the way you relate to that instinct as you're not even in the family and like you don't you don't live with them anymore so it's like you don't need to have that defense anymore mm -hmm. that there is this underlying message yeah yeah mm -hmm. so I and just, yeah. yeah i was thinking uh, another thing with the uh, gift is that you rejected it without seeing what's inside mm -hmm. like there's a total prevention of anything any like surprise or spontaneity or uh, creativity from happening because there's an expectation that it's tied to some kind of like ulterior motive mm. and like that's also when the sky turns red and the ceiling drops and like it just kind of sucks the air out and the social out right so mm. i wonder if you'd want to like explore the theme that what if knowing that like you can learn new ways of connecting and in those kind of connections and relations you could start opening the gifts so to speak and allowing the way to put it <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, that's good. I do like that. I think we kind of talked about that a bit when we first talked about the dream, but Kaisa has a better way of saying it. Well, now yeah. that Kaisa said it, I'll actually go and do it. <laughs> well, because it's so interesting because I had a gift in my social dream 
And I had a person say each time uh, before opening the gift, they said what's inside. So it's always ruined the surprise. And I had that kind of similar thing too. And it's like, because I see so many similarities here, like the gift and all the union of feminine and masculine in the, in a social event. And like, and like, I also have a lot of these kind of resorts where you can just go and party and someone cleans up the mess and whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's something to do with like, could be contrast acting with sexual or something. Mm. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think too, um, also adding into that little part where it, it kind of has to do with what you're saying. The part with me and the friends that I meet up with in the dream, dream Kristen, <laughs> in the dream, um, we were talking a bit about what that could mean. And I mean, both of those friends and the situations that were happening in the dream, like one, the one where dream Kristen was throwing up and the friend was holding back my hair and the dream Kristen freaking out about the wedding that I went to and crying about it. Like, that's also just showing, like, how messy social can be, like, kind of visually. Like, this friend that I have, um, like, she's self-pressed social, nine, like, um, but just her in the dream, like, not being okay with me throwing up and stuff and or not being able to really handle it um, and, like, just how emotional I am over, like, the kind of maybe seemingly like miscommunication between me and the this guy getting married or something like it just kind of shows like social dynamics impacting you so like as the dream goes on there's just it's almost reads like a fairy tale where like you know first you know the, they visit this person's house and then they visit the forest and it's like each thing kind of shows like just how many components there are of like what you're tackling here so it's like the the why I think like and see that the dream progressively gets worse it's because it's like adding more and more of just how much of a mess this situation can be so like throw up a, a resort party on top of that and like it's in a cave it's just like this big the layers and layers of hell of self-pressed sexual just like Mm -hmm. like making more and more of a mess and so it's like of course then you don't want to engage with what's going on out there because it's just a nightmare like literally like mm -hmm. when I'm reading it I'm like Jesus <laughs> like that sounds like chaos mm -hmm. so it's like setting up the visual of of just how chaotic too that you're associating with it yeah when I think too you know if all the figures and everything generally are you know parts of of yourself um that with you know your friend who couldn't handle the throw up with whatever the situation was you know at the wedding um to me it's almost like there was not you know you have projection of things when you're awake but it it was almost like projection within the dream itself Mm -hmm. of anger towards these other people for why are they being so flaky you know why mm -hmm. can't they handle the situation why why aren't they helping why are they just making this worse in the dream when i'm the one who 
isn't really helping the situation at all and it's kind of making it worse and um i like the idea to kind of goes back to what you know kaiser was saying about um you know the first incident is with you know a female friend and then there is you know people in relationship and then in the end it's just completely like it's like different levels of of social different levels of you know polarities or people how people relate to each other and just all of it piece by piece getting just like no that's that's thrown out that's thrown out these people are flaky this isn't working i'm just going to go back to my simulated you know reality thing um mm-hmm. until there is just not really anything mm-hmm. at all I don't know if that makes sense. No, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like in that video game simulation when the uh, guy that you are playing gets slashed in half. uh, But then that actually happens to Kristen. Mm -hmm. So it's not as if it happens somewhere in the like other world. It happens in, it has some kind of real life implications. Mm. As if. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it was really weird. Like uh feeling kind of conjunction like in that dream that it, it did it was like a like lightning strike or something of the feeling of it that the same moment that you know you're cut in half she's cut in half um and similar at the beginning of the dream like just this general feeling of a lot of shame around being you know kind of worthless or whatever um there was uh a similar kind of shame you know with that exact moment kind of tying like with the the plot of the of the dream kind of tying the ends together as well of just this avoiding so many things because you know what that's uh not you know what i feel like doing i don't feel like processing that i'm just not going to even acknowledge it ending up causing more pain more Mm. guilt more shame like more of those feelings of letting people down not properly connecting um kind of yeah i thought it was interesting how it kind of came full circle in that in that way Mm. Mm. yeah one thing that i thought was interesting about like the old man um and like the final vr scene is like you mentioned he um either like was a professor or he reminded you of a professor and that's like you know that's like you know an obvious like social role it's like kind of a social object almost um was that right was he like a professor or reminded you of a professor yeah he kind of had like a and in other dreams too he had kind of like a he's very grandfatherly um sort of you know older wiser kind of guy like I dropped out of college after a couple months so I didn't have a lot of experience with professors but I guess it's like that archetypal um sense of yeah like an older man who has you know like wisdom and um a lot of 
like he he knows and that's what it's been in other dreams as well it's like he he has some kind of message there to deliver like in that very kind of social way i guess yeah kind of mm. Uh, mm. but you never know what the message is no no i never i never know what he wants. isn't he like always pretty much dying or trying I'm, to kill a lot you of the time, or something like usually like i know in the one before this one he i was trying to attack him first because he i thought he was in my house and i wanted him to get out <laughs> So when I came at him is when he had his, you know, hook machine trying to pull out people's guts. But yeah, no, because I see him as invasive and like in my space and a threat because he's very big, like very tall and unfamiliar um, that. Yeah, like it's it's very almost to me, it's a very foreign kind of symbol. Like I don't have a lot of associations with that. Well, he wants to make himself known as an aspect of your psyche. And I think he keeps growing the more you push it, push him away. Yeah. Like yeah. he's going to be even louder. Like, are you like not hearing me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to be even louder next time. Yeah. He... I wonder. Oh, oh I was just going to say, cause yeah, like in this stream, it's like, you play him as a character, you know, whereas in the past it was like, he was the one attacking you. Now you're kind of like taking on his role in this like abstract mental space. But then like, you know, right when it happens, like he dies, he gets like slashed in half. Like we were saying, Mm. it's just an interesting progression from like his association in the past, like what happened here. Um, What was the nemesis like, by the way? I don't remember super well besides that he was also an old man. <laughs> like it was too old. Oh. <laughs> fighting each other. Like, kind of old men you yeah, you would think they'd be fighting about lawns, like whose lawn's the shortest or the best or whatever old man fights about. <laughs> but yeah, it, it was like he was his longtime nemesis of some kind with their work they had done, which I guess, yeah, felt professorial which is what I kind of associated with that but yeah you know he was another old man that just had a gun and machete and came after you <laughs> I don't know if that makes it scarier or less scary but you know wow yeah. well I mean it it shows that we're like if you found him threatening before there's something else threatening him like there's just this constant like circle of threat (laughs) going on Mm. with all of them but like never no one's ever getting a chance to explain themselves essentially one too and and like that idea maybe of you know if you have these characters you know whoever they might be in your dreams who recur that Mm. this was the first time actually no well, okay, so in this dream, you know, building on who is this person who keeps showing up that I have no idea who this is, and learning that he had a nemesis that I remember now in the dream before I had learned that he had cancer. Oh. And even in that dream, this is going to, I don't know how this is going to sound. <laughs> uh, in that dream, when, you know, I was attacking him because he was in my house and I wanted him to get out. I had the sense that he told me, you know, like, oh, I have cancer. I only have so long to live. And I thought he was just telling me this to make me feel bad for him. 
And that that's okay to oh, say, okay. Okay. It's okay. Not a <laughs> but well, I don't know. And then too, that you know, with with receiving and kind yeah. of you know, like being able to receive and to care. You were a dick to, in to the show. dream. Yeah. That's okay. He he was seeking you to nurture him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you were like, I don't care that you have cancer. Right. I just want to. <laughs> yeah. That it's it's almost like um, in that one. in that dream, refusing to hold you know his personhood that he is a human who's dying and then mm -hmm. getting it built on even more than in this dream of like who's this other random geriatric person who's coming after there's you? history to him yeah. yeah 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 so it's like more acknowledging i don't know how that fits into the whole scheme overall of the the dream and everything with social but just kind of um it gives more nuance yeah. to it to it yeah like it's another form of just there's a lot more that you can um explore and like how kaisa was saying like with masculine energy it's kind of like a more creative form that takes place um so for him it's like there's more to this aspect of you um i mean maybe too he also needed to die for like something younger to come up mm, yeah he hasn't been back since then so <laughs> he hasn't been back yeah. <laughs> so there it we could, go yeah that like this like this form also just being old like is signifying something old that just needs to be grieved because also in that other dream where he had cancer and you were like i don't care it's, it's not that you didn't care it's that you just thought he was tricking you in some kind of way mm -hmm. so it's it's also like same as like my mom at the beginning of the same with your mom like, you're saying mm -hmm. something but you're meaning something else yeah and i don't trust that kind of a kind of right thing. and i think there's a lot of like with being social blind and having this in your family of just there's not a lot of trust going on in the social realm so he could also be symbolizing this like this part of you that is blocking your creativity of like actually being present and and like playing in a social setting rather than just already thinking that oh well this is how it is and i'm going to question anything that it isn't you know or i think that it isn't mm -hmm. you know he mm -hmm. could be symbolizing that that just kind of needs to to go away mm -hmm. that makes actually a lot of sense because um in when masculine energy is engaged in unhealthy ways there is this kind of sense of conquer and defeat and fight and like he had he had a nemesis mm -hmm. yeah uh, so if you speak to this kind of um masculine that wants to be hostile Mm -hmm. And ultimately starts defeating, like being self-defeating or self-destructive. Right. Yeah, that's a really good point. The the other thing along those lines is, and and what I've um, saw with social blind is that oftentimes social, the realm of social, because like you have self-pres or sexual, wherever it is, like social feels like life or death too that it's this black and white and it's so strong um because of it being the blind spot that like there's also this in your psyche like this life or death situation happening too with this battle that that these two old men are mm -hmm. fighting right. that it's literally life or death 
and then you walk outside and it's like basically just a bunch of death kind of thing too Mm -hmm. that's also like when you're viewing these social things it doesn't have to be like this hard yes hard no or you know they hate me or they don't or like something like that like this just like I've been saying before just black and white kind of thinking like there's a lot more involved um that doesn't need to like either give you life and excitement and enjoyment or like I'm dying here you know like you said in the in the beginning when you're describing what you associate with weddings Mm -hmm. that it's just like it doesn't (laughs) like I like it when you dance there (laughs) like it doesn't need to be like either just super exciting like I think sexual maybe why parties and resorts and stuff like that always happen in in your guys's dreams of like there there's some kind of like excitement going on like I wonder too Kaisa if your element of surprise that is kind of sexual of just like ooh, like I don't know what's gonna happen and blah 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 but for being social blind it's like okay that's either there or it's not and sometimes I superimpose that it's not there without giving it a chance to actually be there Mm -hmm. you know right so I think that's that could also be a an element of all of these images that's really good like just allowing social to have life in it yeah Mm -hmm. just self-press sexual already like um just has a way of like projecting like decay and death (laughs) just like in the environment like even like you know like something about like the the palm trees were dying and like the the pool water was like just just filthy and it's like there's already filth and like decay happening you know and like in the social realm you know it's happening too there's no chance for life to spring anywhere um yeah Mm -hmm. right that's interesting yeah gotta gotta let that seed seed plant and (laughs) birth something new join us be a seed when kristen says we should probably leave just you know yeah and when i say we should leave you should listen to me (laughs) (laughs) this was basically a huge confirmation for me that you should listen to me or i'll die (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, I think, I mean, I think we went on for a while. So do you guys have any last things you want to add? Mm, I don't think so. I think we covered like a lot, we did. which I think is really good. But yeah. yeah, like this was so good. Like there were a lot of social dreams to just like pour from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think this was a really good example of social blind. And how mm-hmm. it affects you too, because I mean, that's obviously the most important part other than getting a visual interpretation of it. It's also why I wanted you actually here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you mm-hmm. <laughs> is because, you know, to hear you describe your experience is important for the context of the dream rather than us just so mm-hmm. like putting it in our framework. Mm-hmm. Um, and also like healing, connecting and relating it, uh, connections and social situations are fertile ground for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you're practicing by being here. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's happening now. This was all just a big <laughs> trick on our, 
on our part as nines. We're just like <laughs> part of our scheme. Yeah, that's part of our scheme. We're exercising your inner growth by inviting you here. Oh man. Mm. Except that Sammy. was in the brown bag all along. That was in the brown yeah. bag. Yes. Us. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> and the the only hidden message you would really have to worry about is whatever's going on in Sammy's head. She's <laughs> you'll have to after this call, you'll have to worry about what she's thinking about you. <laughs> Because Sammy is greedy. I'm greedy. I'm greedy. I'm always looking for what I can take. Because, you know, I'm social middle. So, like, you know, I just... Basically social blind. Yeah. Which, yeah, we've kind of learned. Yeah. <laughs> well, then I will say thank you, Maggie. Thank you. Yeah, thank mm-hmm. you, Maggie. This was... Thank you for sharing. And, yeah, yeah this it's just been a good contrast. Because, like, we've talked about, like... We, we all, all three of us have social. And so it's like, we can talk on end about our dreams, how we see it. So like to get your perspective was just really valuable. And mm-hmm. I appreciate your like openness and willingness to like be vulnerable and open up. Sammy's an expert. Yeah, thank you for coming. Wow. <laughs> Sammy's an expert at being vulnerable and opening up now. So <laughs> yeah, thanks. Thanks to this, this podcast. <laughs> I'm learning. yeah (laughs) okay yeah um if no one else has if you want to say anything or not then well yeah i i would be very interested to hear uh if this sparks any dreams in you maggie Mm -hmm. like are there any new kind of characters or something coming up for you in the inner dreams so. Now that we've done this uh, interpretation stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll have to see what comes up. How are you feeling now? Right now? Yeah. Hmm. Good. <laughs> You're like, get me the fuck. <laughs> I okay. felt that. I felt so I like that. Talking, like that. <laughs> I like talking to you guys. It's it's really, it's it's always really interesting to hear so you know different people's um interpretations and like what you pull from things and you guys all having you know your different lenses that you're coming from like I think it adds a lot of texture mm-hmm. and um I guess said to Kristen I just think you guys have a really good I don't want to use the word vibe <laughs> you, guys <have laughs> you guys have a good uh, you know, feeling with with your podcast, and I've said to Kristen too that I listen to so much shit just because I like I'm probably consumed first, so just taking in mm-hmm. so much stuff. I can't listen to ninety percent of stuff because people's laughs are horrible, <laughs> and you guys have wonderful laughs. And actually, <laughs> oh my god. That's amazing. Listening to something and people start laughing on the podcast. I just I have I have to stop it and just do this (laughs) and then decide from there whether or not the content is the content worth it. But you guys, you you y'all, I think um, do really well. It's a good potpourri of nines. I love that. Like compliments from social blinds hit different. Because you know, it's like, it's not often that they're just like having these, you know, feelings. And so it's like, oh, wow, this really hit you. 
You like our lab. Yeah, I do. <laughs> You're a good bunch. Aww. Thank you. Now she's getting further and further away from that. I can see she's like <laughs> leaning back, scooting back. And yeah. Like... And now she's gone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Farewell. One last cheesy compliment and got a dip. That's too much. <laughs> too much emotion. Gotta go. <laughs> well, well, this is a long, long social ritual of how are you doing? How are you feeling? Uh, what are you thinking about? And does anyone want to say anything? It's <laughs> true. Yeah. I was trying to extend it for as long as I possibly can. <laughs> Get everything I can out of you. <laughs>